Do you ever wonder what it's like on the other side of the couch? Do you ever get curious about the conversations therapists have with one another? Or are you a therapist who loves to hear others talk about our work? If the answer is yes to any of these, you're in the right place. This is Therapy Talk, the place where therapists discuss therapy. I'm your host, Rachel Landman. Join me each episode where I invite my colleagues in the field to come discuss the work. Good morning, Danielle. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Absolutely. Why don't we get started and have you talk a little bit about yourself, your professional and educational background? Sure. Um, So for the record, my name is Danny Lee. I'm a licensed mental health counselor. Um, I've uh, actually been working at Human Told for about three years as of uh, Valentine's Day. So uh, just hit my three-year mark. Uh, Really love working in outpatient private practice. Um, I uh, initially got into the field. uh, Actually, it kind of goes back to my undergrad days. I, um, believe it or not, started off undergraduate college uh, as a business major. Um, (laughs) It was kind of new. You know, I think a lot of my friends uh, seemed to be doing similar things as we were graduating from high school. So I just kind of fell uh, fell into the flow of things. Um, And I realized about halfway through my first year of college that um, not that I, I wouldn't be able to figure out something that w- would be meaningful and interesting within business, but I, I don't know, I wanted to do something a little bit more sort of individualized and, and kind of humanities centered, right? Um, was also kind of dealing with uh, some mental health issues uh, of my own at the time. And so I think everything just sort of, you know, converged. Um, I met a really wonderful professor at Fordham University named Dr. Rachel uh, Annunziato. Um, and she actually, I guess, in one of our first kind of uh, academic advising sessions, you know, started talking to me about counseling, right? And uh, just so happened that I had just started seeing a therapist. I was like figuring out what it felt like to be a client. Uh, so that's kind of where it all started. Um, I uh, I alluded to the fact that I've been kind of struggling with my own stuff. Uh, and I think that might be important as far as understanding my background too. So I'll go into that for a bit. Um, I, uh, around high school and I'll go back even to like seventh or eighth grade. Um, I had now in retrospect, I realized I had been dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I self-medicated with alcohol a lot during that time period. Um, certainly didn't help that around 2011, um, in the summer I was diagnosed with type one diabetes, uh, juvenile diabetes, um, similar to type two, but different in the sense that I'm insulin dependent. So uh, all day, every day, we're an insulin pump. Um, I had been familiar with the disease just because my cousin on my mom's side actually had it since he was like two years old. So, you know, I've been uh, understanding what it's like for him to live with it, but it was a huge shock for me. Um, And so I think... (laughs) Uh, now knowing what I know about myself and, and mental health and therapy and depression, you know, that's when I think a lot of the self-medication started to kind of kick in and, and go into uh, overdrive. Um, had a, a lot of really hard, rough nights, um, made a lot of mistakes during that time period. Um, but I think it was also in finding ways to meet my needs that I started to understand what what this whole therapy thing is. Um, there was a uh, peer-led 
substance use recovery and harm reduction group on campus that I started going to. That was the first time I ever heard the phrase harm reduction. <laughs> um, so I, all of this was unfurling. Eventually, I applied to a master's program at Boston University School of Medicine. Um, I had a wonderful experience there for two years. Um, the nice thing is that as I was kind of developing a really personal, intimate relationship to mental health and psychology in school, my master's program allowed for me to kind of foray into different, you know, almost like foreign uh, corners of what that meant for other people, right? So I worked at a partial hospitalization program for a while, got to meet a lot of people who lived with psychosis, for example. Um, and so I guess to characterize my experience over the last couple of years, it's been getting to know myself, right? Um, but also just sort of people who identify as being marginalized uh, in, in our communities, right? And not really having a standard or an understanding externally for, for how to treat ourselves, right? Um, I've learned that I'm, I'm somewhat neurodivergent over the years. And, and that identification was so huge for me, right? Because <laughs> I stopped trying to fix my problems with a, a one size fits all, right? That I think some other people are able to use, right? Um, in a nutshell, uh, I think ultimately what prompted me was that I felt seen and heard and kind of grounded in an acknowledgement of my pain at a time when uh, it was really struggling to find that. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of the genesis story there. Um, I, I've uh, worked a lot with with people. You know, I was a babysitter growing up for a while. Uh, <laughs> um, done a lot of sort of volunteer work. So the the human element to me comes the most natural. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of that background. I think that just gives a really nice picture of, of who you are and, and what you bring as a therapist. How do you feel all of these things have kind of accumulated into who you are as a therapist? Like in, yeah. in one word or two words, who are you as a therapist now? I think a uh, great question. I think uh, it's it's really hard, obviously, to sum it up to one word, but especially lately, I think that the word or kind of philosophy that's jumped up more than anything is is humanism, right? Or, or being a humanist. Um, <laughs> it uh, it's pretty. I mean, we're all humans, right? Uh, uh, universal experience in that regard, right? But. I think that unfortunately in the human interaction, because of a lot of our divergent emotional and cognitive and mental experiences, there's a lot of space and distance in between us, right? And there doesn't necessarily need to be, right? So I think drawing from my own experiences and, and um, accomplishments in therapy, right? I've, I've realized if I can try to maintain that element in my relationships with people, my clients, you know, that are working through things that they feel seen as a human being, regardless of whether or not they fit into this homogenized group. Right. Um, I think that's, that's probably the most important uh, defining aspect of who I am as a therapist. Uh, I actually, you know what, I wonder if I could tell a story real quick. Um, sure. <laughs> Ever since the pandemic, so I, I started um, Valentine's Day of, I think, 2020, but I was literally in the office for like two or three weeks, and then we went virtual. <laughs> um, and so I, I bring this up because I, I haven't seen a lot of my clients in person. Um, 
over the summer, I think it was either last year or the year before, I was out, you know, at MSG to see uh, Harry Styles, uh, believe it or not, actually fantastic concert. Dude puts <laughs> on a show. Uh, <laughs> but I ran into a client um, on the subway platform and and I didn't even know. He actually kind of flagged me down. Hey, Danny. Right. Um, I'm glad that he did. Um, I love working with this person. Um, we've developed so much rapport over the years. So this this felt like a very sort of like coming to fruition moment. Um, he was with his partner. I was with my wife. And it was a very brief interaction. Hey, how are you doing? So great to see you. We just saw Harry Styles. That's awesome. Have a good night. Right. Mm -hmm. In one of our next sessions, he uh, we started talking about stuff, but we kind of you know referenced the, that interaction and one thing that shocked me was how shocked he was at my emotional expression or comfortability in talking to him. Uh, for me, it was very natural, right? It was just, uh, you know, this is how I talk to everybody, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how are you doing? It's good to see you, right? Uh, give these people your attention, right? Eye contact. <laughs> um, and I, I don't bring up the story to kind of toot my own horn, but to say that it, I hadn't realized how non-normalized or intuitive that is for a lot of other people and especially men right um i think in in society men kind of uh abide by this uh, uh pretty toxic sense of masculinity especially relative to emotional expression um, mm -hmm. that's been something i've had to work very hard to dismantle in my own you know relationship to masculinity but something that I'm also hoping I can impart on my clients. And, and I think this interaction like really spoke to that. So um, yeah, I, I hope that that brings you in a little bit closer. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that story. I think when I talk to the interns or, or to LPs, they often, that's like their biggest fear. Like, well, my client is going to the same gym as I do. Do I stop going to that gym? <laughs> like, no. <Yeah. laughs> we live in a small city and, and we're going to see each other and we're going to need to find a way to um, be like communicating and kind. And it sounds like you were really able to do that in a way that even impacted your client to feel like, hey, I like this doesn't have to be strange or weird. And I'm like this real person to Danny too. I'm not just a patient. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. I, I think um, it's part of the reason why I love that we're called human told as a practice now is because like, it totally reflects, you know, what I think about therapy, which is the human element, right, that we're, we're all in this together kind of uh, sense, right? Um, barring individual differences. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I find it so fascinating to listen to you and to hear you speak about your own experience as well as the work that you've completed with your clients and the kind of therapists that you've become based on these experiences. Mm -hmm. I think this is really important and it is also really nice to hear that we can find a lot of um, difficulties in, in every population and it's very important to draw attention and shed light to the ones that we don't often talk about but it is also important to talk about the ones that we do. Yeah, definitely. Um, in, in fact, actually, you know, especially as we're talking about marginalized populations, um, it reminds me of an experience that I was very formative. Uh, actually, just prior to joining Human Told, I worked at a um, uh, DOCCS uh, Department of uh, Corrections um, parole-mandated treatment program for substance abuse. Uh, and so this was... Um, 
basically a, a treatment program for people who, as part of their parole and conditions of their release, uh, needed to complete a program and, and based on the nature of their offense, right? So especially if there are drug charges, but even more specific as far as marginalized communities go is that um, we in particular met clients with um, sex offenses, right? So um, if you're a registered sex offender uh, based on the nature of your crime, right? You would also be parole mandated to uh, a specified type of treatment within the same clinic, right? And I, I, I loved this time period for my own professional development, but even in the way that I sort of understand it and being important moving forward with my career, right? Which is meeting people where they're at, right? I think um, when I had told a lot of people that I was working with sex offenders, um, you know, especially back then, I, I would get winces, right? Or kind of, you know, um, caution, right? You know, is what's that like? Is that okay, right? And I guess it, it's a very formative and important experience in the sense that I think it, it harkens back to that human element of what we're doing. Right. Um, yeah. These are human beings, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. they've obviously perpetrated um, really horrible uh, offenses. Right. But mm -hmm. I think being able to develop compassion uh, for, for somebody who maybe intuitively that doesn't feel as easy. Right. Um, that has been one of the most important experiences in my therapy career. Absolutely. meeting everyone where they're at yeah a hundred percent and I think that may be even like a larger conversation around what we deem to be quote-unquote evil right yeah it's really quick for us to come up with this dichotomy well this is good this is bad but in therapy it's really just not that simple exactly yeah I I think um you know and especially in today's political climate right like Unfortunately, no matter what side, you know, politics you sit on, there there is a, a real divisiveness, right? And I think a lot of that grows out of fear, right, of the unknown, right? Um, but it's it's important for us to have that sense of introspection, right? How, how can I how can I understand this person, right? It's also kind of how I go about therapy. There's truth, there are clues, right? I'm I'm an investigator, right? right? We need to figure out why this is important to you, right? right. It doesn't necessarily matter as much what I hold uh, as a belief, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, and it's not so much about who's right and who's wrong, but more about yeah. how is your opinion and, and how you feel about the world impacting how you function. And if it's not going so well, then let's talk about it, but not because another way is better or right. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's, I think that's really important to know that it's not like we're serving one kind of political direction or one kind of people. It is that we're trying to meet everyone where they're yeah. at and meet them with compassion and that we don't hold a belief of right and wrong. We just want people to feel understood and we want to help them where they're at and yeah. help them work through whatever struggles that they have. Yeah, definitely. I um, I remember uh, actually, you know, especially as we talk about cultural and political differences uh, in this country too, and in recent years, right? Um, when I was uh, pursuing my master's, I took a really wonderful course on um, multiculturalism and counseling. Uh, I I think it it is a requirement actually of most mental health counseling programs, as it should be, right? Mm -hmm. um, because it speaks to this very important aspect of our our career, right? That 
that we are open to meeting everybody and their needs, right? Regardless of you know creed or race, right, or religion. Um, my professor, I think it might have been the first or second class where she kind of prompted this. Um, she prompted us with this very difficult question to answer: Who's your nightmare client, right? Who is the <laughs> who is the the person that they walk in the door and and you feel stumped, right, or just like. You know, and, and, you know, of course, we kind of went up and down the rows and, and everybody had a kind of unique <laughs> response, right? But <laughs> it, it spoke to generally the opposite or, or opposing views of whatever it is that we hold, right? And I found this, like, really liberating sense of neutrality when it comes to compassion, right? That has, I think served me well right um in treating myself but also you know being compassionate for others who i don't necessarily understand yeah i'm 100 percent on your page too and i also did yeah. not have an answer to that question because i yeah i think it's important as a therapist to not hold opposing views as judgments um uh, and i think that it's nice to know that at human told you'll find somebody who will accept you and not judge you for yeah. who you choose to be and what you choose to believe. And that it's really not about that, but more about what you're struggling with. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And I think actually, you know, especially as you talk about uh, even an ability to answer that question, right? I think I'm actually encouraged by the fact that with each passing year from when I was originally asked that, I, I have found it harder and harder to answer that question. And and I like to think that that's because compassion has grown, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, I think this is also what multiculturalism is all about. What they often say is like the only way to really know is listening and putting yourself into another person's shoes. And we do this so often. We have so many random people walk into our doors, listening to their stories that we're kind of pushed into experiencing all of these different worlds that automatically make us more compassionate to understanding each unique perspective as to why they're gone there and how it's not necessarily just wrong or evil, but it's just different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, or foreign, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Danny, it was such a pleasure talking to you and hearing about your perspectives are there any last things that you'd like to share today? I think, uh, well, first of all, I want to say thank you. You know, it's, I, I really enjoyed myself. I, uh, I I was telling you earlier, I was kind of nervous about this just because public speaking is a little difficult, but if I can do it, anybody can. Um, <laughs> the, the other thing I'd say is, you know, I, I encourage everybody and anybody to pursue therapy um, in some capacity. I think, that one thing that I've learned in, in working with my clients and even kind of like hearing about their experiences and starting out therapy for the first time is the stigma and um, preventative mental health is just as important as preventative medical health, right? So if there's any question as to whether or not starting therapy is the right thing for you or um, something important for you at this time in your life, I, I implore you to, to reach out, right? If, if not human told, right, uh, somewhere else, right? But just to make sure that you're giving yourself compassion, right? Mm -hmm. I think self-compassion is often disregarded for external compassion, which is very important, right? But it, not in taking the place of taking care of yourself. Absolutely. It's, it's 
always good to have one person in your corner. And this is really what therapy is all about. To have that one person, you know, will always be there and um, listen. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Danny, for your time today. And um, we'll chat soon. Of course. Thank you, Rachel.